My name is Dean Proctor, and welcome to today's episode of the What Is This? podcast. In late 2019, I came into possession of several thousand 45 RPM records from the 1950s to 1980s. In excitedly pulling them from the boxes to examine them, and having been a music fan for my whole life, many of these artists and their records were familiar to me. At other times, though, I found myself, after putting one on a record player, asking, what is this? This podcast, focusing on rare records and odd audio from my own collection, complete with their pops, crackles, and Q-burn intact, is an attempt to answer that question. What is this? Part of the fun of this podcast for me has obviously been rummaging through my 45s, but it's also been about revisiting songs and records that, I don't know, I treat them like time capsules. That's the power of music, at least to me. If you want to get a feel for the state of the world in 1956, well, drop a needle on Elvis's Heartbreak Hotel record. Or for the saccharine, clean, teen idol era, the hope-filled Camelot era of the early 60s, put on a Frankie Avalon single. Or for a sense of change that came to the world of music from England in 1964, put I Want to Hold Your Hand on your turntable. Well, in this episode of the What Is This podcast, we're going to open up another time capsule from another changing era in the world, beginning in roughly 1965. And these records are just a few among the songs that were the soundtrack of cultural change, political dissent, and the desire above all for peace as one decade ended and another one dawned. By 1965, the conflict that had long been simmering in Vietnam was being addressed in not only the op-ed section of the world's newspapers and newscasts, it was also starting to play out on the music charts. Can't you feel the fears I'm feeling today? If the button is pushed, there's no running away. There'll be no one to save. Will the world in a grave? Take a look around you, boy. It's bound to scare you, boy. And you tell me over and over. Barry Maguire's 1965 surprise hit, Eve of Destruction, perhaps addressed the current generation's discontent with the direction of the world more than any. The record, as we're familiar with it, was actually just a demo that found its way into a Los Angeles DJ's hands, was instantly added to the rotation on that station. A full four years later, Edwin Starr addressed the same war details head-on with this Norman Whitfield-written song. Now, the Motown group The Temptations had first recorded that, but it was Edwin Starr's version of War that was a top 10 hit. And that same year, 1969, along comes John Fogarty, 
singing about the injustice of politicians sending young men to fight and die in Vietnam while ensuring their own sons were not among those being put in harm's way. Fortunate Son was released on the Fantasy Records label, and it's considered by Rolling Stone magazine to be number 99 in the list of the 500 greatest songs of all time. And with just those three songs, you can feel the restlessness and outright anger that were being poured out over ongoing world events in the mid to late 60s. But they were far from the only songs that carried that message. I think of Arlo Guthrie and his famous anti-war draft-dodging song called The Alice's Restaurant Massacre. There was John Lennon while on his honeymoon in 1969 who recorded Give Peace a Chance in a hotel room in Montreal, Quebec. And of course, Universal Soldier, which was written by a Canadian, Buffy St. Marie, and was a hit song for Donovan in 1965. The call for peace that was included in much of the music of the late 60s wasn't always as overt as saying, we're on the eve of destruction. Canadian act The Original Cast added their voices with a musical fable that pitted an imaginary warlike valley people against an imaginary group of mountain people. Well, despite the attempts of a generation to bring about peace and an end to war, the Vietnam War dragged on with the U.S. involvement ending finally in 1973. And while President Richard Nixon was bragging about his leadership in ending the war, Stevie Wonder disagreed. Haven't Done Nothing was a commentary about what exactly Stevie Wonder thought had been accomplished in Vietnam. It was issued in 1974 on Motown Records. It was a number one song both in the U.S. and in Canada. Throughout the 1960s and into the 1970s, there was a dramatic cultural shift happening. How many times must the cannonballs fly before they're forever? Cultural shifts that involved race, 
social justice, and political violence. Not unlike what we're reliving in 2020 today, as a matter of fact. And it was singers and songwriters that were providing the soundtrack for it. The disgraceful treatment still being suffered by African Americans made its way onto the music charts, including this simple but very clear plea from Aretha Franklin. That was a giant hit for Aretha in 1967 and arguably became her signature song. The shooting deaths of four students at Kent State University was retold by Neil Young in a song called Ohio. The race riots of Detroit from 1967 were retold by Canadian Gordon Lightfoot in his 1968 record called Black Day in July. And a generation's lost innocence was mourned musically by Dion. There were also some quite hopeful songs of change that served as cultural time capsules during that time, too. Want to know what it was like to be part of a half a million people gathered for three days of music and peace? Well, Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young sang it. By the time we got to Woodstock, we were half a million strong. In fact, Joni Mitchell wrote that song, and she also was writing songs about environmental damage and disrespect that she saw around the globe, and she wrote what many still consider to be the anthem of the environmental movement. That you don't know what you've got till it's gone. The gates paradise, put up a parking lot. They took all the trees, put them in a tree museum. And they charged the people a dollar and a half just to see them. Don't it always seem that song on Reprise Records? Number 0906 was a top 20 hit in Canada, but it barely reached the top 70 in the United States. 
The women's liberation movement of the early 1970s wasn't left out of the cultural soundtrack either. In 1972, that anthem for women's rights, recorded by Helen Reddy, had a long, strange trek to the top of the charts. It first entered the Billboard Hot 100 at number 99 in June of 1972, and it peaked at just two spots higher, 97, two weeks later, and then fell off the Hot 100 charts. And then it re-entered the charts two months after that at number 87, and three months after that, was a number one song in December of 1972. And it's fair to say that not every counterculture-related song was one that was calling for a cultural shift. There was at least one that became a hit through its wish that things wouldn't change. And I'm proud to be an Okie from Muskogee. A place where even squares can have a ball. We still wave old glory down at the courthouse. And white lightning still the biggest thrill of all. Leather boots are still in style for manly. Merle Haggard's live version of that song, Okie from Muskogee, was probably the most familiar version, but that one never charted. It was the studio version that was the number one record, and despite its very nationalistic message, it actually became a favorite of the counterculture champions The Grateful Dead, and in fact even the Beach Boys would make it part of some of their live concerts at the time. You know, I started out this episode talking about the power of music and its ability to articulate a message and even transform a listener to another time and place altogether with just a few notes. Songs like we've just heard have become a testament to and a soundtrack of some of the most culture-changing events of the last six decades. And as we still proceed through difficult times ourselves in 2020, it's my hope that there is music that touches you and reaches you in this strange time in the world. In real life, I'm actually a church pastor. And so my hope for peace is not actually placed in anything or anyone on earth. And yet I'm still here. And so until the day that Jesus comes and brings peace on earth, I'm grateful for God's gift of music. What Is This is a podcast focusing on rare records and odd audio from my own collection of 45 RPM records. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider sharing it with your own social media circles and encouraging others to subscribe. If you have any questions or comments about today's episode, or any episode for that matter, Email me at deanproctor at gmail.com. That's Dean with an E. And until next time, thanks for listening.